What's up, George? The sky. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the Milwaukee Media Podcast. <laughs> Episode number 49, as we have right before recording. And you were 49. so, so, you were astonished. I was. You're I aston- really was. Your astonishment was very cute. Yeah, it was like, it was like, I was like, what? No. Oh, wait, what? No. Like, can you believe it? It's been 40 yeah. episodes. I'm like, yeah, it's been a year. <laughs> kind of works that way. The math works out, right? 52, 49, three weeks off. Yeah. We're about there. Yeah. We're about there. We're about there. Yeah. Oh, man, that was funny. Um, so lots to talk about today on Chapter 5, but how are you, first of all? I am good. I'm good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Um, yeah, I just kind of, uh, same here, kind of picking up where we ended last time. This is, you know, this, this uh, opportunity to go over this book has really come into um, a really good point for both of us. And, uh, you know, really glad we're doing it together. So, and, and so I think for those of you who have been listening, you know that we have established that, uh, you know, we, George and I have re- not removed ourselves. I shouldn't say that, but we, you know, have used this book and the rereading of this book to get us back on track with whatever it is you want to call it, spirituality, in touch with or creating awareness of our ego, our ego and our thoughts and separating the two. And just overall, giving us a more peaceful day-to-day experience. And it is fucking working. Yeah, it really fucking does work. I had a super emotional day yesterday. um, And it was difficult because I was kind of like telling myself as, as I was feeling the things like, be in the moment, be present, don't get caught up. These are egoic thoughts, all those things. But the emotion was still there. Um, and it wasn't, and then, and then I allowed myself to feel it. You know what I mean? Like you mo like the trying to like calm and do the things that the lessons that we've learned, um, particularly when it under, when we understand like what is the trigger of the, of the feeling of the feelings. I, I asked myself like, is this because like, am I feeling less than, or am I feeling inferior or superior to somebody? All of those kind of like checks that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. And it, it, every time I tried to like insert those things, it, it never felt like that. It was just real. Like it was just an emotional, like it was conflict that didn't have a resolution and it was irreconcilable. And that was caught that feeling and it, it manifested in a lot, like, I was just like, okay, just let it out. Like, so cry and let it out and then be in the moment of the emotion and the moment that it passes, let it go. Um, and I did that. And yeah. it was like, it felt, I mean, it, it was, it was cathartic. Yeah. It was cathartic and it wasn't like, I need to like, it's not, and it definitely didn't feel like something that I need to go back and revisit because we've already done it. Like, I, I cried the tears, I cried. I said the things I needed to say. I expressed what I needed to express. And it's out there and it's done. And there's nothing. And now we, we forge ahead knowing right. we know. Um, and that was a really good moment because I, I, for a long, for, I, I've been feeling, 
I've been feeling like I needed to keep some of that stuff kind of like in and not uh-huh. let myself go like, you know, fly off the rails and like have emotional outbursts and stuff. And there's a difference between, and I, I, feel, I, I feel like it's important that we talk about this just before we get into the pain body, but there is a difference between having like an irrational emotional outburst and having a real moment of like of feeling the emotion that you're feeling. Does that make sense? Oh like, my! Beautifully put. You know, and it's like okay, fine. Like, and it's like you, you, you turn to everything. You realize, like, okay, I just, and you just let it go, and then you just like let it go, and you do it in a way that's not like you're not lashing out, and you're not screaming, and you're not doing all the things that are, um, like, that do feed all of those those negative thoughts. And mom and voices in the head and all that stuff. It's just like letting it, like kind of like decompressing, like letting the, like when you have the pressure cooker and you just press the thing, it's like, yeah. And um, yeah, and you do it with honesty and you do it like with, with that, not with, not with venom or, or, you know what I mean? Like, cause you can yeah. be upset at something, um, or someone and then turn it and turn the emotional, have the, the expression of emotion turn in to an egoic moment where it's like, you've done this to me. You've done this to me. You, you know what I mean? And I wasn't yeah. going on. And I was like acutely aware and of how I was feeling so much so that as like, we're, as we're like talking, um, I'm able to like, kind of like laugh. Cause I'm like watching myself have this and it's like, okay, kiddo, like, yeah, you, you get it. Like you're, you, you, you're, you're, you're really sad, but Okay, like let's let's move on. Time to move on. Move on. It's you're feeling better now. Yes. Yeah. It was. It was. uh, It's good. Yeah. That's very well put. The way the way you said that. Um, Because you know, there's we have this. There's a difference between feeling a certain emotion because of the reaction to a thought. And then there's feeling an emotion because of your awareness of how you reacted to the thought. So, you know, so one thing is uh, there's a trigger. It makes me feel angry. I react in an angry way. Another thing is there's a trigger. I want to feel angry. I detect the thought. So I'm nope. I, I am not going to allow myself to be angry about that. But it, you could feel a certain way about the fact that you wanted to react that way. And, 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 and that is a cool moment. That's the, you give yourself a chance to dissect your thought process a little bit. Um, because thoughts, George, are they voluntary or are they, are they automatic? Well, they're completely automatic. We do not actually control our thought. Nope. Not definitely not the ones that pop in our head. Not the ones that are that come out of nowhere. You can definitely someone's gonna say this and I'm gonna speak for that person. This chapter like talks about the idea that thinking is an uncontrolled action, the way that digestion is and you know their blood circulation and all that stuff. But like let's be clear. Like those, it's very different. That concept is different than like the person who like, like today I spent like a bunch of time thinking about the work that I was doing. <laughs> right, right. I was conscious, you know, like when you're composing a song, you're yeah. consciously you're thinking about what you're doing. 
Right. And keep driving those thoughts. But that's not what we're talking about today. But no, what we're talking about is the fact that the greater part, the greater part of most people's thinking is involuntarily automatic. So in the therapy field, we call them ants. Automatic negative thoughts. Like, um, or, like hormiguitas, are, like little ants? Like, or, like hormiguitas, yeah, okay. in your brain, right? And we call them ants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right? Uh, that was actually written, uh, that um, Dr. Amen, who wrote the book, Change Your Brain, Change Your Life, is the one who has come, come, came up with that cute little, you know, thing, you know, ants uh, in your brain. So automatic negative so thoughts. Good. So we, yeah, we, we, you know, that's like, uh, here's what I love about what everything we're talking about is because of what I, because I do this on a daily basis. And I, there's so many things that are repeated that in my world, when I step into my world every morning, I, it's like, oh yeah, this is just, everybody should know this. You forget, you forget that we're in a space that you tell people that thoughts are automatic and people are like, oh, I never thought about that. You know, like I didn't, you're right. They're automatic. They don't, I don't control the thoughts that pop in my head and there are, and that's, and it's natural and it's, it's cool to like bring awareness to people of that and like have them realize that that's what's happening. So it, they, the automatic ne- negative thoughts tend to be repetitive. Um, so, and the, one of the notes I put here is that it's, it's, it's nothing more than a kind of mental static and it really fulfills no real purpose. So these negative thoughts don't really fulfill a purpose. Um, and, you know, it says in the book, it says, strictly speaking, you don't think, thinking happens to you. Right, you don't think thinking happens to you. Right? Yes, yeah. you like that. Yes, yes. Yeah. No, I, I highlighted it. It's like literally right there. Yeah, right there we go. Um, so yeah, and that's when you said you know it 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 happens to you like digestion happens, like circulation happens, uh, you know things like that. So and I know you mentioned that before. So that is like a great. You know, which by the way, let me digress for a second. Chapter we're talking about chapter five, the pain body. Yeah. Um, so everything we've talked about, and then you know, now we talk about how it affects us, and you know, the, how we process the thoughts, and how it leads us to this emotional reaction. Um, so the fundamental rule is yes, thoughts will be automatic. Now it's interesting because there's research that that there's literature. I I, I don't know exactly. Um, off the top of my head, I don't remember, uh, but there is research and, and, you know, theories about how, let's say you get through this book and it changes your life and you start handling situations in a much better, more productive and effective way that the automatic negative thoughts will diminish because what you're feeding the subconscious is healthier because a lot of our automatic thoughts come from the subconscious. So there is a cool little piece there that is being researched and, you know, I don't know how it's being researched. I don't know what they're using. I don't know what sample size, you know, all that stuff. But, but that's a cool little, little concept because I have found that to be true in, 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 in phases of my life where I have been at complete and total peace. I realized that the automatic negative thoughts are minimal. There's larger amounts of space in between them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? 
Yeah. Like I think I, the way, yeah, I think, yeah, it, yeah, there's less of them. Um, and you've, you're not as consumed by them as often as maybe you once felt like you were. Right. Um, they're not as frequent. They don't last as long and they're not as intense. And yeah. And it is, it's a relief. It's a relief. Yeah. Freedom from suffering is a relief. Yep. In every way. Yeah. In every single yeah. way. Um, yep. And so what to understand that and to be able to continue to, like, to, to actively apply it um, is definitely beneficial. Yeah. In so many different ways. Um, yeah. I used to, like, get caught up in, like, not trying to understand why someone would be resistant to it. Like, I don't understand why you'd be resistant. Like, you just, this is so great. Because, of course, me, I think it's great. So, but clearly, we know why that, why we, we know why we feel that way now. Right. Um, and now it's like, okay, well, you know what? Like, this is working great for me. And if you're curious to know why all of a sudden I'm in a different space, I'll let you know, but I'm not going to be like, do you know what I'm not doing? I'm not like, I'm definitely not like shouting it from the rooftops. Like I once did. Not right. There's a, there's a, they talked about it before how, I guess it was, he, he talked about it um, on the podcast. Okay. And there's a couple of chapters back. And he was talking about how there was a woman who I guess who was like very ill and very sick. And all the conversations she'd had with people were, like, constantly then bringing up, like, how are you doing? How are you doing? Um, and so she's like, how do I get people to stop talking about how I'm doing if that's all they want to do? And he's, the, the advice was, well, just stop talking about it. Just don't. Don't bring it up. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that you're not dealing with your problems. It just means that you're not giving it air. You're not giving it life. Right. You're dealing with it in the moment. If you don't have to deal with it in the moment, don't. Look at that. Look at that. That's it's amazing. Just... I love it. I know. I know. I know. Um, and, and which kind of, uh, it triggered something because these, um, what you said just triggered something because a lot, a lot of when, when people don't do that, it's because they're taken over by these automatic thoughts. And if we don't get the automatic thoughts in control, if we don't challenge these automatic thoughts, what is created in our head? The thought. I mean, we're, mani- thought. we're manifesting our own, we're manifesting the, own, the negativity. Right, but that negative, yes, okay, so the negativity, which we call the voice, the voice in the head. Uh, the voice in the head that has a life of its own. Yes. Right, and, and, and people who don't challenge their thought and they just are at the mercy of that automatic thought, they essentially are at the mercy of that voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're possessed by the thought, mm-hmm. by the mind, right? The mind takes over. And since, you know, it, it, the mind is one of the biggest, I guess, uh, processing parts of the mind is that it's conditioned by the past. Yes. So, you know, at that point you're forced. That's, so this is where things like start blowing my mind because at that point you are then forced to reenact the past again and again. And again, so if you don't, but like, but you're doing that because it's like you're making this. You're basically you're making the same mistakes because you're thinking the same way over and over again. 
Like if you're constantly taking things personally, if you're constantly thinking that your partner is like criticizing you or like a comment is like, oh, what, what are you trying to say? You're trying to like that I'm a terrible person? It's like, no, I didn't say right. that. And you right. make, and you have those arguments over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in, your, right. because in your mind, you're just like, he's criticizing me. I'm no good. Blah, blah, blah. And this, in this situation, in this example, the big question becomes, well, who was the first person to ever criticize you in your life? I mean, right? How, 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 did, how did you feel? How did you feel? You know, I'm not asking you directly. I'm saying in sure. general, like in this situation, you know, I would say, okay, so, you know, because you would take it that way because you've connected an experience with an emotion, right? And you felt a certain way. You felt bad. You felt put down. You felt looked over. You felt discounted or devalued. Right. So then we don't process that. But the brain lives there. The brain is conditioned by the past. So then, you know, next thing you know, you're married and somebody says something similar at some of that similar something what somebody told you when you were nine. Yeah. And the feelings just come back and you're like, why the fuck? Why would you talk to me that way? Who the hell do you think you are? Da, 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 da. And like now you're reacting based on this experience that you had, you know, 30 years ago. You know, uh, instead of acknowledging the thought and like, why do I want to react this way? Why is this triggering me? What's a better way of reacting? How could I handle this better? You know, um, and it, so it's just the difference between falling for the thought, right? Because if you ignore, if you don't challenge the, the automatic negative thought that comes into your mind, the voice takes over. The voice in your head takes over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, fascinating. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. So and, and digging into our past is a very. You know that's that's always a scary thing. So. No, I don't. For as much as it's helpful to understand where you came from and the experiences that you have when you talk about the past, it's like the past experiences, right? Um, And how they make up who you are um, and not how they make up who you are, but how they make up your perception of yourself, what your ego perceives to be, you know, what are those, what are those, those points, those points of weakness that just really get that motherfucker going uh-huh. Um, and by now, I feel like we should have a good idea of what that is, right? Like, yes. you know, I had a, a, I had a huge moment when I was trying to understand, like, why my brain thinks the way it does, why I get caught up in things, why, why, uh, thing. and for me, I feel like it's just, why I've always had this need to be the best, number one, um, and yet not always like work the hardest for it like if it didn't come naturally easy i like i would just didn't go all in on it but i still wanted to be the best that it was a very it's a strange it's strange and i don't know how else to describe it but i if the best i was pissed off and i didn't deserve to be the best because it didn't work hard enough for it but i was still like pissed off about it right when it all costs and i'm I want, I can talk to like my, the only other person I feel who would know this would be my sister because she's the only other person who grew up under the same roof as I did with my parents. Yeah. 
And so I, feel, I have the impression that like I got the need, like the feelings of validation that I get, that I feel like I need. Remember when we talked about back in the day, we talked about the love language thing. Yeah. The love language thing now I have like, I'm a little bit more like mm, skeptical about, but it has, its, it's okay. But I'll say this because of like I, the idea that like, if you need like words of affirmation as a love language, that should be a trigger point. That should be a clue that you've got some fucking issues to work out. And when I made that connection, that I need words of affirmation in order for me to feel validated in a relationship, that's a problem. Because, yeah. because I can't, for me to be unfulfilled because someone doesn't tell me that I'm pretty or they like my cooking or I'm sweet or thank you or hey, or how was your day? Or like, or do, I need to be able to provide that for myself. You know what I mean? Like I need to affirm myself. I can't anybody to give that to me. And and so that's why that that exercise with that book, I get it, I understand, and I I respect it, and I think it's good to understand, but and all information is good information. But having come to understand that, I feel like that was something that triggered in me as a kid. You know, like whenever I did well, like I was given, I was rewarded. And when I didn't do well, I was punished, like literally punished, either like Mm. corporately with like some sort of like getting like uh, a spanking of someone outside or locked in my room for hours on end. Like not being able to do anything, like all freedoms taken away. Um, And so that was like fucking five to 10 or five to like basically all of your school years. That's what you could do. Mm. And I don't, it can't have set up a solid foundation for relationships. Right. Uh, And I definitely, like, did something about the need to, like, to win and be competitive, um, to be the best, to be, you know, to have all eyes on me, like, all the attention. I don't know. It's very strange. Super weird. Um. But that, I guess, would be, like, the, this pain body. And that's the one that I feel. Yeah. That I'm yeah. just trying to, like, I mean, drop, like, a fucking 70-pound sandbag at the end of a wad. Just, like, fuck off me. I've been carrying that bitch for so long. <laughs> fucking cranky little boy. Moody. He talks, he says something that I wanted to read. And it was, um, yeah. most people are alienated from who they are. And some are alienated, are alienated to such a degree that the way, they, the way they behave and interact is recognized as phony by almost everyone except those who are equally phony and equally alienated from who they are. Alienation means you don't feel at ease in any situation, any place, or with any person, not even yourself. You're always trying to get home, but you never feel at home. Mm. And I, I highlighted that because I get that feeling mm-hmm. of not, of looking for a place of belonging, looking for home, looking for acceptance, looking for someone to like, like that, that soothing kind of like, I'm not going to be alone. Right. right. Um, well, 
The ego generates emotions and are derived from the mind's identification with external factors. External factors meaning, you know, it could be companionship, people, social life, and which are all unstable and liable to change at any moment, right? So the emotions are not really emotions at all, but states of being. You know? Well, so it's like emotions... this. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. No, that's, that's what no, I mean. it, it moves right in. Like he's like, in addition to the, mov- the movement of thought, there's another dimension to the ego and that's the emotion. Right. Right. So like, the ego is both the thought and the feeling that's attached to it. Mm-hmm. And like emotion is the body's reaction to your mind. The body's intelligence is inseparable from it, from itself. You don't run your body. The intelligence does. It's also in charge of, your responses to the uh, to its environment. Um, That's right. But the fundamental difference between an instinctive response and an emotion is this: the instinctive response is the body's direct response to some external situation, like that flight or flight thing. An emotion yeah. is the body's response to a thought. That's right. That's right. And that's why we get all like. That's why we like cry and scream and yell and act like crazy people when our minds have these thoughts. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah, and I think, you know, I, I, we kind of highlighted the same stuff because shortly after that, you know, he says indirectly an emotion can also be a response to an actual situation or event, yeah. but it will be a response to the event seen through the filter of a mental interpretation Filter of thought. That is to say that through the mental concepts of good and bad, like and dislike, me and mine. It's the whole my story thing. It, you know, that's and we say like, you know, when we say in therapy, you know, you got you can change the narrative. You can change the narrative, and that's and 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 that's what that exercise entails is to okay, you're perceiving it in a certain way. I mean, there's perception. I have this exercise that I do and I used to teach at the college where these pictures where uh, there's actually two images within one picture. And so, you know, you'll present it to the class and a portion of the class will see one picture and, a, and, and, and another portion of the class will see another picture. And, and it's like, which one is right? Which one is wrong? Well, right. Neither. It's, it, they're both right. It's just a matter of perception, you know? And uh, so anyway, uh, I digress. So yeah, perception is, you know, a, a big thing because that's our perception is dictated by our previous thought or our current thought or, or, you know, how we connect the thought or an emotion to a thought or how the emotion that's triggered by a thought. So, yeah. Um, cool. I like, we, I like that we've highlighted very similar, very similar things. I mean, we're twins know? at this point. We're like I think born so. three days yeah. apart in the same year. Like, yeah. We're, look at us. I mean, we're basically the same person. We're basically the same person going on a year of a podcast. It's insane. Insane. It's insane. So it's crazy. Insane. So know? crazy. I love it. Um, and so the ego is not only the unobserved mind, the voice in the head which pretends to be you. I love that, by the way. So let me just read that again real quick. The ego is not only the unobserved mind, the voice in the head which pretends to be you, but also the unobserved emotions that are the body's reaction to what the voice in the head is saying. So 
acknowledging that the the that voice in your head that if you don't get it under control, you know, it your body will react accordingly. You know, and like we see that like kind of like in concepts like the self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, you know, just kind of repeating to yourself that something's going to occur until it occurs, and then when it occurs, you go, "See, I told you it would happen." Yeah. You know, and yeah. So, yeah, man, I I I love that part too. Um. So, what is then? What does Eckhart tell us? What is a negative emotion? You know, that's. Oh my God, I did not. I didn't study for this test. I didn't know there was going to be questions. Oh, oh no, no! I, I feel I, like I, I hand. No, so it's unhappiness. I, I'm not. It's, it's unhappiness. Yeah, yeah, I, he talks about this, and I did. Hi, <laughs> it's on the next page. Yeah. And I actually put yeah. three exclamation marks next to this fucking sentence. Read it. The generic term for all negative emotion: colon. I mean, semicolon. Unhappiness. General unhappiness. Yep. Um, yep. But he's like. And, re, and the definition, like, what, they, what is a negative emotion? Question, an emotion that is toxic to the body and interferes with its balance and harmonious functioning. Fear, anxiety, anger, bearing a grudge, sadness, hatred, or intense dislike, jealousy, envy. All of these disrupt energy flow through the body, affect the heart, the immune system, digestion, production of hormones, and so on. And it's 100% true. It's so true. You can feel yourself different when you are not in the right frame of mind. If you are sad, you may not want to eat, or you may only want to eat. Things that are not, it, it removes you from your natural flow. And yep. I, that is, that mind-body connection cannot be refuted. It cannot. It cannot. So I, I and the only way I'm sorry the only yeah. way you would miss it is if you are if you haven't the moment you become conscious of like your if you become if you're aware if you if you if you've been working on awareness right and you know yeah. how to like find a, a conscious state and be present you're quickly attuned to the what your body's feeling and which is like side note like I'm down twenty pounds. And I'm yeah, 100% like convinced that the last like the last 10 that have really flown off have been because of the ability to be like aware and attuned to like the way I'm feeling and what my body needs. And it's like, and it really is a situation where you're like, you're feeding yourself when you're hungry and you know, and you find your pattern, you find, and you find your flow. Like we talked about it like a lot, remember like before we read on this book, I did that one show where I was, I talked about like finding the frequency it's the same kind of idea, but now we know what it, what we now we have like the fucking evidence and words and to put it into better than what I just did because fuck me, I can't even get the fucking sentence out. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do know what you mean. You, the connection between the mind and the body, and yeah. Like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've ever since reading this book, I, you know, it's and it's it could be very basic, simple things. Like, I have paid it, it's funny because you're picking up the bottle of water now because that's what I'm about to say. I realized that as I've been paying more attention to me and being more centered and aware, I realized that I was only drinking like 60 ounces of water a day, or like 50 ounces of water a day. I wasn't drinking much water, and uh, and I realized that a lot of my hunger came from thirst. 
you know, it was, I was thirsty and it just gave me the sensation that I was hungry. And last week it just like, I was like, oh, and I started drinking more water and I just said, just that, just that alone. Um, and, and I just feel amazing. And it's like, I would have never figured that out if I wasn't in the state that I'm in now. Um, and, uh, when I talk to people about how negative emotions can cause negative physiological effects, um, people, there's been people that like said, no, that's, that's not true. And then, and, and like, it, I agree with you, what you said, it's like, this is just, that's not something to be argued. It's, and I know this sounds very egoic to begin with, but, but it's true. It's like, there, there are certain things like facts and scientific facts that you can't really argue. And some people are like, no, that's not true. Because I'm a negative person, but, you know. They all, I mean, it's like the age old, I mean, how many years have we been saying stress is a killer? Stress is the number one fucking killer, you know? Like, I mean, and stress is anything, you know? Like, literally anything. And if you are consumed with a voice in the head, if you're consumed with your, with your, if your mind is in control and your emotions are following your mind, your body is going to follow your emotions and you're going to be sick and tired all the fucking time. And not only sick and tired, you're probably going to be like, you're probably going to be lethargic. You're probably not going to sleep well. You're probably going to be overweight. You're probably going to be leaning into substances, not healthy, eating whatever you want, trying to feed that demon inside, that ego inside, when all you have to do is let that bitch go. That's right. Be here in the moment, not wherever your mind wants to take you to be where it was. Not three years ago, when everything was falling apart or 12 years ago when everything was another way. You know what I mean? Like, yep. Yeah. I am with you. I'm with you. I love it. I love it. So I have, I don't know how many more highlights you have, but I have like four more. Um, um, Okay, positive emotions generated by the ego also contain within themselves their opposite into which they can quickly turn. I like this one a lot. Because we talk about a lot of negative emotions, right? Negative emotions are unhappy and all that stuff. But there's the idea also because positive positive emotions, um, because the question then, because he poses the question, well, if, if the generic term for all negative emotions is unhappiness, the question is, do positive emotions then have the opposite effect on the physical body? Do they strengthen the immune system? Do they invigorate and do they heal? Um, and he says they do, but we have to differentiate the difference between positive emotions that are ego-generated and deeper emotions that emanate from your natural state of connectedness and well-being. Positive emotions generated by the ego already contain within themselves their opposite into which they can quickly turn. Here are some examples. When the ego calls love what the ego calls love is actually possessiveness and addictive clinging, clinging, which can turn into hate in a second. And you see that. I know I've seen it with like, I've been in situations where like, you can be like into somebody and the next, they don't text you, you're like, that, that fucker. Yep. That, that's, that's what that looks like. Um, yeah. The anticipation of an upcoming event, you know, which is the ego's over-evaluation of a future can quickly turn into the opposite, which is a letdown or disappointment when the event doesn't fulfill the expectation. You plan a huge party, you're super stressed out, da, 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 and nothing goes in. It's like, fuck this, fuck everybody, forget it. Uh, and it's like, 
What happened to the best part of the year, man? Right, right. <laughs> there is not good when the, when it's when the positive emotion is generated by the ego. There is not. There's no good without bad. There's no high without low. Um, right. The deeper emotions are not really emotions at all, but states of being. States mm-hmm. of being emanate from within you as love, joy, and peace that are aspects of your true nature. Uh-huh. There it is. And that's... And... I feel those moments when it's like in the simplest times, not in like the highs, not the highs, highs, highs. It's always in the mm-hmm. small moments. For me, yeah. it's like when I have, when I'm like finished working out, you know, and like, you're like, ah, and you're just like in that feeling of like having all the endorphins and you're done and you, and it is accomplished and it does feel well, but you did it. Um, When I'm done completing like a task, I like, I become very, this has helped me become very productive um, at work and I'm getting better at my job. You know what I mean? And so like that to me, that state of being that wellness the fact that I'm feeling better, that I'm moving better, that I'm looking better, which probably is a little egoic, but what's fine. Um, all states from that sense of well-being. There's a wellness that's occurring here. Yeah. And it's an internal focus of control. All, all, everything that you have accomplished in the last, I mean, how long has it been? I don't know, but, but like everything that you've accomplished, the, the losing weight, the, 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 you know, all that, like, how you're feeling it's all internal work you know so the thing is ego generated emotions are derived from the mind's identification with external factors which are unstable and liable to change at any moment that in the past i have talked about external locus of control and internal locus of control so an external locus of control is an e- it, 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 it it generates uh, uh, negative emotions, it's ego-generated. And, and that is why when we focus on things we have no control over, yeah. we get in such a bad place. Everything you just described about how you have changed your life, it's all internal locus of control. They're all examples of, okay, there's all this stuff going on that I have no control over. What do I have control over? You grabbed all those things. You did something with it. You were proactive, and you're seeing results. Um, and, and that's a beautiful thing, man. It's... I spent a lot of time looking outside. Yeah. Like a lot of time. And I got nowhere. I had fun and things were good, but I got nowhere. Yeah. And it's really strange to be, to live in a world where you look at what's happening to you um, and feeling, and it's like, it would be it, the best word to describe it is kind of like it's a that victim mentality, like or the all of that stuff that we were talking about. Um, yeah, and to not understand now an outward like when you look out to see what is going on instead of like turning it in to see what you can do. 
is a shift. It's a paradigm shift in thinking that will give you the freedom that you never knew you could have. I don't know how else to put it. it. It's a conscious choice. You have to make a conscious decision. Like you've reached a point in your life where like th- this way is like, it doesn't help you anyway, any right? Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't know that, but the evidence is there if you look. It's probably there and it manifests in a bunch of different ways, the ways that we've talked about it, like the, 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 the yeah. feeling of that unhappiness, you know? So, and if you're... Go ahead, sorry. No, I'm just curious because I noticed that, that you know, uh, that you were touched by that, that, that there was a reaction there. And, I'm, and I'd like to know, if, you know, not to make this into a therapy session or anything like that, that's not what I'm trying to do, but... But I'm, I'm curious, uh, sticking to this topic of, of that was a very powerful, very impactful moment because, you know, what, what, where, where did that, do you think that came from? Um, I'm just like, acutely aware of um, behavior patterns that I have um, exhibited, um, decisions that I've made, things that I've said, basically like all of like my 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 being like my being maybe not my my hum, my humanness is more what it is i was so detached from my being and so consumed by my human my humanness and i was right. and i would and i probably like would describe it as like my humanity but there was nothing very human i mean well, no it is according to this book it's very human it was very terrestrial it was very attached yeah. to the concepts of things like the concept of a, what a marriage is supposed to be the concept mm. of what, um, you know, what a profession is supposed to be, what a life at 40 is supposed to be, what I'm supposed mm. to be, what I'm supposed to do, and feeling like, and just kind of like missing the mark every single time because it wasn't, because I wasn't like, I didn't feel like, it, it goes back to like, the, there's, it goes back to the idea of like, is the feeling attached to like a, is it is it attached to the idea of being inferior or superior? Then it was always all, one of those two. Always like, if I felt good, it's because I felt better than somebody. If I felt bad, it's because I felt less than somebody. I wasn't worthy of it. Like all that stuff. Right. It is like, I I didn't I didn't know it until I read the book five started reading the book five weeks ago, and yeah. the frustrating part. The, the emotional part that I have is that I could have saved myself a lot of time and effort. And I know I don't have to do it anymore, which is good. And so I'm happy about that. But I get upset about the carnage. Right. And I right. can't do and I know I can't do anything about it. So I don't like I don't worry about it. No, I don't worry about it. But when I do right. think about it, you get this response. This is what's happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and 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 of course, there, it, it does it does bring that part. You were, you know, your personality is conditioned by the past, and, and that you know, and the past lives um, in you as memories. Yeah. And so, so all that's always going to exist, and and I think, and I, I totally. I feel you. I, you know, this is, I mean, I, as you're speaking, as you're, you know, showing emotion, I, I, I've taken inventory too. 
basically. This, this, um, we're only on chapter five, and it's the same thing. And I see you get emotional because I've had moments just like the one you showed right now, where I, I could have saved myself so, so much heartache. I could have saved myself so much pain. I could have, you know, I, I, you look back and you cringe at certain things and things that could have been handled differently and. And yeah, the, 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 moral, the moral inventory and things like that, it's very powerful. And so I, I share that with you and I appreciate your transparency, you know? Look, we don't appreciate yeah, that. You're very welcome. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's what we do here. We're having the talks. Yeah. We like literally talk. We said that we would do this and we're doing it. Yeah. Um, Just an example of like of what I talked about before, like being able to like have the emotional feeling and then just like let it flow and move past you. This is exactly that, right? I don't it, I don't have I know that when I think about the past, I get upset about it. And so I just don't when when the when the ant the past ant comes walking, marching by. Uh-huh. And the, 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 the parade of ants of my past, all of them, because it's usually a bunch of things, right? It's like, oh, the fights you had with your husband, the fights you've had with your family, the fights you had with your sister, all of the mistakes you made, all of the, the things you didn't do, the DUI, the recklessness, blah, blah, blah. They're all a bunch of, like, it's, a, it's an ant pile. Let's fucking call it what it is. When they all start right. marching through, um, now being able to like find the presence within and understand that they are just ants. And then it's just like, okay, like, here we go with, with just like, I don't know, like fucking raid or fumigator, just spray them fucking down and then they're gone. And then it's like, ah, okay. Right. We don't have to deal with, there are no ants. The ants are in your head. What's in front of you right now is your podcast partner and you're recording right now. And that's what we're doing. There's right. no reason to talk about shit that happened three years ago because, yeah. but I get it. I get it. And like, that's why I think it's always important to acknowledge that it's not a perfect system. And like, this is a consistency thing. And if we've known anything and we've talked about anything. And if I've learned anything this year is that, being consistent is literally the best fucking thing you can do with anything. With anything. With anything. Absolutely. If you want to be successful with anything, just fucking keep doing it. Hack keep at doing it. it. Go. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no, absolutely. I loved all that and I agree with that. And then, you know, just a little added layer to that is, you know, what helps me or what kind of helped me reconcile the whole past thing is. You know, obviously, if we wouldn't have made those mistakes, we would have we wouldn't be talking about the book. This book wouldn't be a part of our lives. It wouldn't have drawn us to this. We wouldn't have felt the need, right? Um, so I don't even remember why we started talking about this book. I honestly feel like we had run out of things to talk about, and we were just like pulling content no no this was a build-up i i i, I mean listen no, I we, a, we needed it we needed uh, it of course yeah but like i, I really feel like i pulled that one out of my ass when i was like i don't know i could like it was just done talking about what's going on in the world like i was done talking right. about what was going on outside it was getting me nowhere i couldn't understand like i don't know who do i give my money to who do i listen to what do i do what's right. the like yeah, what, nope. Which collective group do I need to like get pulled to? Because I like some of these guys, but I also like some of right. these guys and my family and my this and 
No. Yeah. But no. Yeah, I am done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Well, no, but I'm... we we've been talking about this for a while though. Like that's why I think that you're, I, in my mind the trajectory is very clear. In September we had an episode where we talked about power of now, and then you talked about Eckhart, and then you talked you introduced me to the podcast with Oprah. Yeah. And 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 th- and then this I could see in you, and when you go back to our past recordings, that this has been in you for a while, and there's been hints. That, that you could tell that you've read the book before and there's things you were doing. Yeah, dude. But and then, and then COVID happens and then all the social justice, all that stuff starts happening. And we had, I mean, all you got to do is listen to the last 10 episodes, you know, where we had moments of, of darkness. We had moments of hope. We had moments of an emotional roller coaster that was dictated by a bunch of things that we have zero control. Zero control. We were, our, we were allowing ourselves, we were allowing our moods to be, to be dictated by the noise. Um, and, and that is draining. That is exhausting. It makes you sad. It makes you scared. It makes you all these things that, you know, and, and and so and then we just started, you know, I think it was just kind of like we need to, we need some Eckhart. We need some Eckhart and and here we are, chapter 5, you know? And so, I think it, I think it's beautiful, you know? Um so and so I I, I have one more highlight and it's related yes. to what we were talking about before we pressed record, which is I it, love. Is it the duck flapping his wings cuz I love that one? Oh, no, no, why don't you read that? Well, it's it, he talks so there's this is the chapter where he talks about the, the monks. It's a story that you brought up. Yeah. He talks yeah. about the monks and about how he, like, picks up the girl and crosses her over. And the other guy, like, hours later is like, I can't believe you touched her. You're not supposed to do that. And the other guy's like, I dropped her off five hours ago. Are you, why are you still carrying her? Which is so good. But what I love was the story of the duck with the... It's, it's a subsection called The Duck with the Human Mind. Um, and he talks about how two ducks can, like, get into a fight um, in like the, the pond, and then they like after they fight, they they finish their fight, and they all like they both like swim away. And what you'll see after they swim away is they'll each kind of like flap their wings furiously, as if to release that energy, and then continue floating away and like come again as if nothing ever happened, right? Right. That's right. the story. And so like, um, what he's saying is that um, this is how most humans live all the time no situation or event is ever really finished. The mind is the mind and the mind made me and my story keep going. It's like, you keep thinking about like what he did to me and what he did to me. And like that guy got me and like the boss did this or my boyfriend did this. And you have that, like that fight in your head over and over again. Um, And the lesson of the duck is to just flap your wings, which translates as let go of the story and return to the only place of power, which is the present moment. Love it. Love it. I literally did that today. I was like, I I had a moment and I was just like, yep. Yep. I'm going to start doing that. I am going to definitely start doing that. Flap your wings, just flap them out. Okay. Yep. Um, I love that. You know what? I'm not even going to read my last highlight. I think that's, I think that's where we should, we should end this. That, the duck story is fucking perfect. It is fucking perfect. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, that, for me, 
tops it. If you, if there's anything else it's you want to add, I'm all last for part. it. It's just the last part. He, the very last part is the past lives in you as memories. Yeah. Uh, right? And then when memories take you over completely, if they turn into a burden, you're per- they turn problematic and they become part of your sense of self. Your personality, yeah. which is conditioned by the past, then becomes your prison. Your story yep. becomes who you perceive yourself to be. Yep. Most people carry a large amount of unnecessary baggage, both mental and emotional, through their lives. We limit ourselves through grievances and regret, hostility and guilt. The emotional thinking has become our self. And so we hang on to old emotion because it strengthens our identity. Yep. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Every everybody carries in his or her energy field an accumulation of old emotional pain. And what is this? Yeah. That's the pain body. That. That is yep. the pain body. That's the part it where really I was is. Like, holy schmoly shit. All of those little things, all those accumulations, all that stuff, it all piles up and you're just like, nah. Yeah, mind pain body manifests as a moody person, and I'm done being moody. So fucking done. Yeah. And when I feel it coming on, that's the sign that something's off. Yeah. Yeah. um, With me, I'm very punishing and hard on myself. And I'm done with that. I'm done with that because, you know, the, the whole, like, why do I find comfort in punishing myself? The, the only reason I find comfort with punishing myself is because, you know, I grew up in an environment where I was, you know, heavily criticized, you know? So that's just the language I carried on. I carried on that language on me. You know, I was always doing something wrong. I was never standing in the right place. I was always in the way. Uh, you know, I was, I was always a pain in the ass. I was always an inconvenience. I was, you know, um, and that became my story. And I repeated that to myself. I apologize, you know, even in my adult life, I find myself apologizing for things that don't, aren't deserving of an apology. I, is that how that manifests? It could. It, absolutely. It could. That's, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but yeah, I mean, okay. you know, those, you know, your, your need, you know, to fit in with people, your fear of rejection from people, uh, your, you know, all these things that, I mean, I've surpassed a lot of that already. Sure. Uh, the, the, the lingering part, the lingering part was internal. The external part has been handled. Like, not caring so much about what people think. Like if, you know, people don't accept me, then that's on them, not on me. Uh, you know, things like, you know, like just not caring so much, like not being such a people pleaser, like all those things have been handled, but it doesn't mean that I was being any easier on myself intrinsically. Um, and, you know, I'm working on now being a lot, I'm, I'm being a lot more gentle with myself. I'm being a lot more understanding and it's really, really done wonders for my self-concept and my self-worth. And, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. You know what I've figured out? If you're able to give of yourself freely, 
that comes back to you. So, but you have to understand when you do that, you're not doing it because with the expectation. Because I've done things with expectations, you know, particularly right. like going back to the, the love language thing. I went through the love language exercise and I thought, of, I definitely look back on it now and thought, oh, well, yeah, it would have been great if I would have just been doing this stuff without waiting for my stuff to come along also. The difference is when you learn to give of yourself, and it's not just in my marriage, it's also in all of my relationships, with my family, with my friends, with my coworkers, with people that like I have engaged with over the years on a probably like on a on a very regular basis that I've always maintained mm-hmm. a very arm's distance. I've just dropped the arm. And I'm like engaging with people. I am giving, and I'm giving of myself not just in tasks or duties, but in time, in um, in like presence. Like I don't know how else to say it, but like I'm here. You're talking to me, and I'm going to be here with you. And yeah. it, it, the synergy, the energy, the synergy that is created is re- given and received. You feel better. You. Uh, I don't know how else to do it, dude. It just, just like I keep telling myself, just keep, just give, just give, just give, and it doesn't come. I tell myself to do that because I have to remind myself that you always feel better. I've been a super, super selfish person, mm. super selfish, super egotistic, like in a traditional way, all about me. Yeah. Right. You know, and I know where that comes from also, because I know someone who I'm very much alike, who thinks a lot, a lot, thinks about herself that way, too. It's my mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, In case it, you were wondering, guys. Yeah, it's, me, it's me first. Me first and everybody else. And yeah. that yeah. Has, doesn't, it, it doesn't serve me. It definitely hasn't served me any good. And so to, to be done with that um, and then to just kind of like flip the coin in the other direction and to just like give and to has been like has been cool the part that like is just fucking ironic is that all of the stuff that i feel like i'm doing hasn't costed me any effort hasn't felt that difficult it was more effort to resist doing all this fucking shit and to withhold it's more effort to withhold and to resist than to give it just is I don't know how else to put it. And it doesn't, I don't feel weak. I don't feel like I'm a doormat. I don't feel like I'm doing things I don't want to do. It doesn't come from that point. Our bodies tell us that. I mean, when our muscles are resisting, you know, and we get aches and pains, when our, when our muscles give in and they give in to the resistance and they loosen up and they, they ease up the tension, then we're not in so much pain. I mean, look at the, like, all, we did so much exercise that was, I was so resistant to, like, you know, cardio for the longest amount of time, you know, and we just went on a jog and like, for like, what, for how long? And we talked the whole time. It's like, there's this idea that I had, I had that story in my head of who I was. And I just, I fucking shredded it. So you fucking light that bitch on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Like done. No more stories. No more. Nothing is written. Nothing is, nothing is, you know, there's no, what do they call that? When you, everything is already pre, there's no destiny. Right. 
Right. Yeah. It just no, I'm with you. And when you said about giving, let me tell you something. In the last three years, that's all I've done. I start. I stopped doing things because I expected something in return from people. I, I just give of myself and give of myself. And yes, it's true. It comes back so strongly. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. And when, when people come around and you create that attraction because of how much you've given, what you get in return is very genuine, very rich, you know? Uh, I don't know. It's, I was thinking, it's been great. If, if for the longest time I felt like I was waiting to do something else and I ended up doing nothing. Does that make sense? I, I mean, yeah, I, did, I did a lot does. of like looking on it. I did a lot of like spending time on my phone. I did a lot of like maybe spending time working out, but I didn't really do anything. All right. I don't know. Incredible. I, just, it, I feel very productive and things are going very well. And I'm very glad that we have found ourselves in the place that we are in. Yeah. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. And I'm very happy Likewise. that it is with you. My Likewise, dear, dear George, my dear friend. Yeah, I love you, dude. I love you too, Carlos. Yeah. Very, very much. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I'm excited. And then, um, well, next week, yeah, I, I'm very excited. I don't want to jump ahead. Let's live in the moment. Let's enjoy. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I remember the next chapter so vividly. Uh-huh. When I read this book the first time, I have not read the chapter again. Uh, so I will get into that probably this weekend. Um, but if I recall correctly, yes, yes, and yes. So um, I'm, I'm excited. George, where can they find us? You can find this podcast anywhere you find your streaming service, podcasts, things of that nature and sorts. Um, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Google it. Go to moacamedia.com. You can find a link to all of those platforms there. We're on Instagram at Moacamedia. I am at George I. Sanchez on Instagram. You can follow me there. All right. I am at Carlos.Escanilla. And anything related to music, I'm at Carlos305Music. So this has been great, George. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for following along. And we will be back next week with Chapter 6. Bye, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye.